0: For more clips and beneficial content, please subscribe to the Lifehuck channel, your number one source for personal Islamic
1: development. wa alaykum We have Sheikh Abdul Rahman Murad with us. We have Sheikh Muhammad Yafa. We have Sheikh Dawood Waleed. We have Dr. Abdullah Hakim Quick. And we have Astad Abdullah Andalusi. One of the trends that I have seen is that uh, as a whole, generally speaking, our, our communities uh, aren't as healthy in terms of their relationships with one another. So there's been a, a little bit of, I, I would say, disintegration of the, uh, the community in and of itself in terms of its relationships. There's a little bit more individualism. People, I think, maybe because of the lifestyle as well and modern society as it's progressed, we don't have that level of, uh, you know, camaraderie, brotherhood, sisterhood, uh, you know, knowing one another and so forth. And one of the relationships that I want to highlight is the relationship between the people of Isle and the general people. And the reason why I say this is that oftentimes when you talk to people of knowledge, such as yourself, um, it's easy uh, to you know, almost get insulated from what a lot of the uh, problems that, uh, you know, people or issues or thoughts that, you know, the the general congregation have. Like, they're not going to come to you and say, hey, like, uh, I'm having doubts in this fundamental aspect of Islam. And then you find out, hey, wait a minute, like, there's a whole generation of people coming up with this. And I never knew this to address it, right? So I think one of the relationships that we have is like, there's almost like this, disconnect with and the jama and uh you know because of that uh you know sometimes i feel that the people of knowledge they sometimes don't have their finger on the pulse of like all the different fitnah that is affecting people like you know if you talk to you know certain people after khutbas and you say hey did that was that khutba relevant to you it's like you know they're not talking about any of the problems i'm facing right now you know what i mean so do you feel that there is a disconnect between like or maybe how's your relationship because you're all uh, involved leaders in your community do you feel that uh, you're approachable uh, you have the pulse like you you have the the relationship infrastructure in place that you have a good pulse of what's going on within the community and also do you feel that there's a good connection between you and the general community or do you feel that there's this disconnect is occurring and it's becoming worse. So, I wanted to just throw that out there. And
0: yeah, I mean, what, one of the things I, I wanted to get straight in our yeah. discussion because we started with dawah.
1: Yes. And, um, there's a
0: difference between dawah and islah.
1: Yes, yes.
0: Dawah okay. is the calling of non Muslims, of people who are not Muslims mm. with all of Islam, inviting them to Islam. Mm. And what are the terms of inviting people to Islam? Islah. Uh, is more repairing muslims
2: Mm.
0: these are sort of like two different um areas sometimes sometimes they sort of you know come together because when you're doing dawah uh there may be another group of muslims you know who have another ideology and so you your community problem you know then you know comes into your dawah but Mm -hmm. if we talk about pure dawah you know and and if we try to get the dua back to, to real dawah you know, mm-hmm. in a sense, then you know this is an area we can we can discuss as, yes. as as far as that that question is concerned. Though, but I will just comment briefly on this, and, mm-hmm. and that is that um, when when I came into Islam, Alhamdulillah, um, I came in out of a activist movement. I I was mm-hmm. part of the Black Awareness struggle in America. Um, I was a draft dodger. I came to Canada as a political refugee. You know, so when I came into Islam, I came out of a grassroots movement. Mm. And and so that was an orientation for me. And when I went to Medina and studied there and then came back, I still had that orientation uh, in terms of relating to the people. So I would structure, you know, my talks based on that. But what I noticed is that many of the Islamic institutions were sort of like um, caught in in, in, in a cocoon. They 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 were fossilized because during the colonial period, you know they were put you know they 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 defended Islam. Secularism taken over society, and they sort of got fossilized and lost in the cocoon. So so they were inward looking, not outward looking. And suddenly, when the trend comes where ulama are needed, you have inward looking people who are asked to, you know to talk about the, the, the outward problems, and they're just not prepared for it. Mm. So most Islamic madrasas and, and institutions do not teach you how really to do da'wah. They only teach you fit and aqidah and how to teach a class in a mosque, mm. but they don't teach you how to be relevant. And, and, mm. and that's not the real, you know, pure way of, of, of doing
1: da'wah. Mm. I see you sh- uh, shaking uh, in acknowledgement, uh, Sheikh Abdul Rahman. Uh, what were your thoughts I, on that?
3: I know I, I completely agree with uh, Dr. Abdullah, definitely Subhanallah. But as you were speaking about, you know, the uh, the gap between the ulama, the let's say the khutaba, the uh, people mm. of knowledge, and the general public within each community, I don't want people to think that this is something that's only happened during our time. Now, this has happened actually in the past, okay. and Subhanallah, as you were saying, what you were saying, uh, uh, a passage from a book that I read a while back. For the writer Assam al Ra'i, he spoke of the condition of Al Andalus before it collapsed. Okay, Mm -hmm. so he said that you know, uh, in those uh, the annals of history and the uh, passages that he brought forth, which were quite interesting, he said that the Khutaba during the time when the Muslims needed da'wah the most were in deep debate among themselves so this picture a khatib of one masjid attacking a different khatib from a different masjid and the debate was on how you should move your finger in a tashahud during the salah mm-hmm. so that was the ongoing debate although muslims needed you know no doubt far more than this people were in the midst of haram falling apart there was no connection between the ulama and the mashayikh and the general public so this is something that happened in the past and it usually does occur when muslims are distant from their faith yeah, yani, Subhanallah, and I see the same thing today as well. Where, like Dr. Abdullah mentioned, that people are like in in a cocoon state. Yes, I agree with that a hundred percent, Subhanallah. And we have to kind of crack out of that shell and, you know, uh, educate the people first and foremost how to give da'wah and what to prioritize. Because you might get you might have someone a graduate from university who comes out, mashallah, has a good grasp on the aqidah and other aspects of the fiqh. But when they come to give da'wah, they have no ability in giving that da'wah practically. And mm. they may do more damage than they do islah among the people, subhanAllah, by giving, you know, you have to have hikmah when you give that da'wah. And they would not have that and that early stage with the, you know, they call al-shabab, where they have that sudden urge to kind of give whatever they have into. They can damage, you know, quite greatly mm. when they kind of give da'wah in that state of and, and, and that's,
1: I think, you know what? Where, where I was going with this is that many of the people who are giving dawah, say for example, you have you just had Islam Awareness Week for uh, you know you were part of this uh, effort. Uh, you know we we were we've been able to establish uh, a type of almost uh, alumni support for uh, for many MSAs, but you will see many people who do get involved in dawah at the MSA level are connected to no sources of knowledge and that has a significant uh, effect on how they represent Islam so they will be talking about Islam uh, the, you know whether it's to to non-Muslims or amongst themselves without any ilm or there's a lot of like corruption in the Dawah some of the issues that you were mentioning uh, Sheikh Dawood or you know uh, Ustad Abdullah when you're talking about the right-wing Muslim talking to a left-wing Muslim you know I gave a lecture uh maybe a year and a half two years ago where uh you know somebody was analyzing my lecture through these type of politics oh it seems like you know what you're saying has a lot of right-wing connotations and i and i'm not referring to any right-wing i'm just talking quran and sunnah and hadith and it's like now they're looking at it through that particular lens so that's you know uh my concern and i I look because i'm looking towards getting this for us to identify this problem of connecting like with yourselves uh with you know people locally uh within like we have imams people of alim but like there's not that connection i was just because i was trying to analyze it i'm like okay you're sending these people to give dawah the youth whether they're getting involved in activism but there's no like connection to sources of alim or especially people of you know what i mean you just want a person taking books and interpreting on their own, uh, necessarily. Uh, Sheikh, uh, you know, Muhammad. what are your thoughts on that?
4: I think I, I agree with um, almost everything that has been said. I said almost because there are a few things that I'd like to comment on, but I will not, I will not um, go for too long. Mm-hmm. I'll just take my own context here in Halifax, Nova Scotia. And I'm, I'm looking at the Imams as you were asking that question. My brain was going all around the Masjid and the people who have been work here. Um, um, the, the problem is not solved, but I, I must say, uh, maybe ninety percent of the Ahmadi who are here, alhamdulillah, have started realizing that it's not only about vision; <clears throat> it's about the process of reaching that vision. Because when 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 you speak, when you listen to powerful speakers about Islam, talking to our youth, for example, trying to give Salah, like the sheikh said. To our youth, because there's a lot of doubts, there's a lot of um, a, a faith crisis, like uh, was, as Abdullah mentioned. But you're just telling them the vision. You're telling them how dunya is not the is not the darul makam, not place to stay. It's about, about Akhira and so on. But you don't tell them how. What's the process? How do I avoid Nike taking uh t- taking over me? How do I avoid the uh, the, the 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 rap uh, culture taking over me? You don't sit with them, you don't talk to them. That really alienates people, whether they are youth or not. So I see a, a lot of activities are going on in the Masajid here, and people are trying to connect to the youth, and the youth are feeling uh, uh, a sense of um, uh, comfort to ask. And, um, the, and the general Muslim um, uh, uh, populace as, as well. So the connection is, is very important. Dalhousie University, for example, uh, which has a muslim student association which you know dr sayed um every now and then so i was involved in reviving it it was dead completely uh, mm-hmm. i'm not the one who involved uh, revived it completely but i was involved in it i i, I encourage them at the khutbah uh, so many times and then one of the professors who was also um who was a youth uh, brought everybody together and they started reviving it they are every now and then calling one imam to talk to them about their issues they feel that level of comfort and i think that's very, uh, that's very important. Uh, we have not reached everyone, but that's very important. Before I, before I leave the, the, uh, the, the conversation, I just want to make a little bit of difference between the General Asabiya, that um, Ustaz Abdullah Andalusi pointed out, and the Araqiya, which is racism. The two are different. The two are not the same. Because once you move, as a black person, you are sold already. The experiences are different. This It's an other level that we need to, to, look af- to look after. The Sahabi who who talked to Bilal about his mother could not have said that to any white Arab because Rasulullah, sallam, he treated that differently. So I just want us to understand this because I have seen people take shahada in the masjid, white and black, and ask them about their experiences. You see their experiences and even the way they are received is different. So the two experiences, that's why there is an extra layer on that. I just want to make that clear. And we have seen that emerge in our, even MSAs in Canada here, where black students wanted to form a special coalition because they feel that the way they are treated in the, in, in, in the other, they feel, whether that is correct or not, but that's the way they feel, that they are not accepted as others are. And it has almost led to fitna, to the point that I saw some very strong uh vision visionary muslim brothers saying hey something is falling apart here let's catch it so um i just wanted to put that out there as well because we are only as strong as the weakest link of us so we have to look at ourselves globally those are just two my comments here. Sheikh.
1: <laughs> uh, you know what are your comments uh, in regards to this uh um to what i described in terms of um and i think maybe you can even answer it in terms of uh relation to your your lecture on malcolm x like you know being a man of the people that's powerful like you know people feel so close and do we have our people of knowledge like if you look at our rasul uh, how many narrations do we have he's eating with the sahaba uh, he's, he's digging, he's working with the Sahaba. He's suffering with them. He's fighting with, you know what I mean? Like, um, do you, do you, feel that there's a disconnect? And you know, if so, uh, you know, how do we get over that?
2: Okay. So two things, um, perhaps in some communities, there's more disconnects than others. It depends on mm-hmm. what community. So it's not, uh, each, each, uh, Jamal or each center, there may be. Uh, some different dynamics that are going on as far as disconnect um one thing i would say is in, as far as some du'at not all but as far as some du'at and i don't think this is a uh, 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 a true characteristic of a of a real alam mm-hmm. or of the ulama but um sometimes uh, people who we were loosely call the awam or the generality feel that they can't approach certain scholars or shiyukh because the scholar himself may give off hints or a whiff of arrogance, right? Mm. So <clears throat> I, I think back to the saying all the time of, of Umar ibn al-Khattab, and I mean he was one of the he is one of the most knowledgeable. As a matter of fact, amongst the Sahaba, there are different ranks, and some of them were fuqaha, like Abdullah ibn Mas'ud and Abdullah ibn Abbas and Ali ibn Abi Talib, and Umar al-Khattab was one of those people. And qala Umar, an alim, fahwa jahil. Whoever says about themselves, I'm an, I'm an alim, I'm a scholar, he's an ignoramus, right? Mm-hmm. So, so this relates to a spiritual state. Right, mm-hmm. so everything just isn't about akida and fiqh. It's also there's a third dimension, right? We have mm-hmm. Islam, iman, and isan, and this leads to the mm-hmm. teskia and the spiritual development, right? And and this is not just for the for the for the ammi. This is for the sheikh too, right? Mm-hmm. The, so this is for everyone, right? And this goes to my second point when we're talking about uh, dawah and this type of ta'atuf or empathy. That has to be had for the people who are being called, right? I had a, um, mashallah, this um, Pakistani uh, brother elder here. He 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 moved here to the uh, to the city of Detroit in 1975, and he said to me once. This is back in the 90s. He posed as a rhetorical question. He said, um, "How can you give to adawa?" excuse me, he said, how can you give dawah to a people that you don't love their humanity? Mm-hmm. And I and I sat and thought about that, right? Because, you know, who are we giving dawah to? And as you mentioned, uh, are we willing to even sit with people on their terms? As Sheikh, a uh, quick, uh, Hafidhullah Ta'ala used to go in the streets and sit with people on their terms and interact and deal with the people, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Do we think we're too good to sit with certain people? Rasulullah well, Sallallahu mm-hmm. Alaihi Wasallam sat with Ahlul sufa right, mm-hmm. in, the ver- in the veranda and the homeless Muslims and sat with them. Right? And and, and they all were different. You had Salman al-Farisi, right, Persian, and Bidal habashi people from different backgrounds. The mm-hmm. other thing is that when we're talking about Da'wah, and this is a saying attributed to Ali ibn Abi Talib, that said, uh, uh, allegedly, preach to people according to their mentalities. Right? Mm-hmm. So, The Dawah, and when you're going to a suburban area that's predominantly white Americans or white Canadians, those are people with a different lived experience and different challenges than if you're going to a community that's predominantly Black, of people who are Afro-Caribbean, that immigrated to America, who are living in Harlem, or living in in Brampton, they have a total different experience, right? Mm-hmm. The dawah is not the exact same way. What is emphasized and what's brought forth to the people, even though the aqidah is, is the same, right? Like, we're not going to change our aqidah, but what you would bring forth and the cultural mm-hmm. markers that you would use are different. And this is part of the wisdom. We know that Rasulullah wa sallam, was the universal prophet, But the other prophets that came before him were sent specifically to their nations that spoke their languages, that understood their their folkways and their their mores and their customs, that they were able to give those people the proper dawah. So sometimes if we don't understand the people and sit with them, we can end up giving a message that instead of calls them in, may actually could repel them. Right, so we have to be very careful about this when we're talking about the dawah and have different people who are trained go to different places strategically, but it doesn't matter about the complexion of the skin as much as actually sitting with the people and, and, and getting a connection to those people, that, 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 that those people say, well, you know what? Um, this person looks like, uh, he looks different than me. They practice a different faith, but I can feel that this person has respect for my humanity, right? And that's what it comes down to. It's it's yes. it's, it's not about as much as elm as is about the inner state of of the dai, and, yeah. and and I believe this firmly. And, and Alano's best.
1: You know, uh, I've experienced. You know, when you're talking about you know some of these du'a uh, that are not approachable, or you know they. uh they don't unfortunately have the ability maybe to connect to the to the general people on a personal level maybe their lectures are very powerful and they can connect through people through their lectures but that is i i believe a very important uh that um that real connection that you have on that uh humanity level there's this one i'm not going to mention the name but somebody was very famous on the dawa scene i remember uh you know after one of the programs I said you know the the brothers who've been working and you know sisters working so hard uh you know on this dawah event and um you know we you know they want to spend some time with you we're gonna bring you for some dinner right and this brother was like you know i don't really want to do it i don't want to like i I really don't like uh you know um you know hanging out with people (laughs) you know what i mean and i felt like man that's such a Negative thing to say, like, here are these people that are working so hard for the dawah. If even if you don't say personally, like, sometimes you'll bear you know, people you know, different personalities that may not be pleasurable to hang out with, but you're doing it for the sake of Allah. Here's a person sacrificing time, energy, uh, you know, for the sake of Allah. If my words and presence have a positive effect. Maybe I can be there. I can, you know, do something to uplift them, especially core people. Like, uh, you know, many of you know, Dr. Quick, you know, when you're like a worker, when you're a foot soldier, that's a thankless job. You know what I mean? The speaker sometimes gets all the accolades. What's well, a thankless job organizing, fundraising, cleaning up afterwards, you know, all of those different things. And to have somebody like a sheikh uh, or somebody who's looked at upon as a learned speaker, you know, say to you, hey, let me hang out with you. Let me break some bread with you. That can mean the world to you. I've seen people leave the dawah because of their personal interactions with you know, certain speakers. So that, that relationship makes an, uh, like a tremendous impact.
0: For more clips and beneficial content, please subscribe to the Lifehuck channel, your number one source for personal Islamic development.
2: Do I feel that the New York police are providing enough protection or do I have to have protection of my own? I look for protection from Allah.